this is a a good like we didn't do anything for Mother's Day and I was like shit we should have probably done but we were still getting like we just recorded what right like what was it like the first or second week of May was our first episode yep. back we were back then yeah so we we're we we're still kind of feeling our way through but so now I think we're ready to do um talk about some parents you know the greatest parent of all Judd Hirsch Independence Day. Um, all right, so uh, Judd Hirsch and Independence Day is a trend. You, they knew, they knew then, yeah. and they did nothing. Area Fifty One, Area Fifty One. Yeah. No, he's praying, and then what's his face sits down. He's like, "I'm not Jewish. Nobody's perfect." Yeah. David, David, what, what, what is what, what is this? What is You're this? smoking yeah. now. <laughs> he's like so stereotypical. He's my. I love everything about Judd Hirsch in uh, that. Like, cause like I do that. I can do that voice. You sound just like him, right? <laughs> You have that New York, old New York You Jewish knew thing. then, oh, and you did nothing. Oh, I God. absolutely adore Judd Hirsch in that movie. That, that's something. Is there... Is there uh, is there a movie parrot who like we're because like not and remember like not everything Judd Hirsch does is like great father material in that no. movie but is there like a parrot like a movie parrot like that for you who you're just like oh this this guy I love this guy no matter or girl no matter what they do they could do no wrong in my eyes Any, anytime I see really cool progressive parents in movies because it's a total fantasy for me so like I was watching Booksmart and um, Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow are like the most open progressive type of people like mm -hmm. they're totally like almost almost encouraging their daughter and her best friend to be gay with each other they just assume it <laughs> but they're just like they just keep you know we're not together oh okay but it's okay we're totally fine with who who you are and this and that it was really sweet. is that kind of like the uh like also um, an easy a stanley tucci and um yeah and yeah Patricia i was also thinking like you know what that made me think of was uh um uh nick's parents and big mouth Oh my god! Voiced yes. by uh, well, um, that's um, Fred Armisen, and I don't know the mom. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same woman who does um, Maya Rudolph. My that's Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph does both Connie oh, right. and and uh, the mom yeah. whose name is escaping me e at the even moment. If the penis comes close to your face. You can even give it a little kiss, and it's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, yeah, like painfully progressive. Uh, pain it's like. I understand when Nick would be like, "This is a bit much, guys." You know, he has to be the the, the moral voice for these two. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay, that's a good show. That's a great show. I, I really love. Back. Welcome to the movie spiel. Yeah. So uh, my name is Ryan. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. I'm sorry. In three, two, one. Welcome to the movie spiel. I'm Alex. I'm Ryan. It's good to have you guys back with us. I just stole that from you. That's okay. I felt good. Just for just a smidge. Just for a little bit. I'll let you do the next one. Just for a treat. Just a little treat. It's okay. It's so what's up, guys? Hey, it's the movie spiel. Uh, we're back for another edition. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a different episode this week. I don't know what made it into the cold open because Ryan edits that. Um, Ryan does most of our editing. All the worst stuff. And, and the cold open is where the most editing occurs because we say like the worst shit during the cold open. And then we Probably. turn on we turn on our serious faces after. Um, but so uh, today's episode is actually a little bit of a departure. I know we talked about doing movie scores. We're not doing that yet. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hold off on that until a little later in the season. Yep. Um, but this episode today, I'm really excited about uh, Father's Day is coming up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Mother's Day was just about a month ago, a little less than a month ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we want to do a, an episode about um, like really good, really bad movie parents, really memorable yep. movie parents. 
Um, and as always, you know, the disclaimer is we're not going to hit all of them. Nope. Uh, we're going to hit our favorites yep. and, uh, that's what's going to happen. And, um, you know, you are welcome to participate in the comments section on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. We're not super active on, on the tweeter, but I'm, I'm trying the tweeter, the tweeter as that's and what Melania Trump says. Tweeter. Tweeter. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Someone ask. I just heard that one time, and I'm like, "This is hilarious." Yeah. So uh, we, um, yeah, you're welcome to participate and talk about some of your favorite movie parents or least favorite movie parents. Yep. Um, oh, oh, I'm gonna get it. On, I'm gonna put us on YouTube. Yeah. Somebody okay. Told me to put us on YouTube. Who who would play your? Pa- I think actually one of the things uh, I, have a, I have a challenge for you, Ryan, for the end of this episode, we have to All come right. up with who would play our parents in a in a. Oh um, my god. Yeah. In, in I've thought in of movie. this before. I think I know who would play my mom. I actually have a really good... I do, too. I have a really good... Um, and it's almost unfair because it didn't exist until a couple of years ago, and I never w- it never would have occurred to me to pick this actress. But I think she, like, v- comes very close to capturing a portion of my mom. Yep. I think there are, are probably some others who would do fine, but um, we'll talk about it later in the episode. But sure. I actually know... I don't know who would play my dad. That's a that's a good question. And then I joke, um, my best friend growing up, uh, Chris, his dad, I always joke, kind of looks like Gary Oldman, crossed with Viggo Mortensen. Um, so... Uh, handsome dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you sure. know, he, he's, he's kind of a... He's like a Gary Oldman-Vigo hybrid. It mm-hmm. could have also just been because I saw Return of the King with them. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they're the ones who took me to see... And I had never seen... I had seen fellowship and kind of like it didn't really process when i was like 12 uh-huh. and i skipped two towers entirely and then i went and saw return of the king in theaters at like i think i was 14 at the time and i was like oh this is fucking incredible mm-hmm. uh i need to now learn everything i can about lord of the rings sure. um and it's on my brain because i actually did my annual rewatch this past week while i was on vac- vacation staycation it was fucking amazing yeah um I need to get through them again. God, they're, they're great. so good. And we're going to talk about a very bad dad who appears in Lord of the Rings. Oh sure. Um, well, how about this? Let's let's yeah. go through our lists. Yeah, yeah. Wait, and then and then we'll do our main. Our yeah, actions. yeah, Is that yeah. Okay? Well, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll build up to our main event. Okay, here. that's fair. I'll let you start. Which one do you want to go with? First? Yeah, we so, have a bunch of we have a bunch of categories to go through. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're starting a little bit different than we normally would. We're going to do rapid fire first, and then our build up to our main attractions. Especially because my favorite movie, Parents, are actually different than my main attraction today because mm-hmm. i think my main attraction is more my favorite character as a parent mm-hmm. um because of the unique kind of story that she goes through but so let's actually start at the bottom because i i did just foreshadow him i want to talk about parental advice in a movie oh yeah uh i think this is a good place to start uh so i we're gonna start with the bad first because i like i like this so much so you know who's got terrible literally every word out of his mouth is just the worst thing you could possibly say to a child is is Lord Denethor, Lord Denethor, Steward of Gondor in Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King, and his one scene in the extended edition of The Two Towers. Baromir would have remembered his father's need. He would have brought me a kingly gift. Baromir would not have brought the ring. Truly, Denethor is, is a, an appalling parent. So let's go over, like, let's ignore The Two Towers for a minute, because that was not in the theatrical cut. In Return of the King, we start off with a moody and pissed-off Denethor because he he realizes that Boromir is dead. He tells his oldest son, Faramir, that he wishes that he had died and that Boromir was still alive in his place. He then sends Faramir on a suicide mission that that kills everybody but Faramir and, and very deeply wounds Faramir. And then on top of that, 
he tries to burn Faramir alive, despite the fact that it appears that Faramir might be able to at least be nursed back to health, which he later is. And then Denethor lights himself on fire and somehow, while on fire, runs like a mile. Uh, it's, it's it's actually probably the worst part of the movie where he runs and like he like jumps off the, he runs the top a mile of, of the White Tower. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he does that because he should die. I I, it's been a long time. I remember him jumping off the tower. I didn't remember. Yeah, he's running. like fucking burning alive I, that entire time. But I didn't realize it was a mile. Yeah, it, it's really far. It's Fuck. really, really far. Well, what, what are they people in that? Are they like human people? Oh no, yeah, he's a human. Oh he, Jesus, he should have died. A man. Yeah, no, he I mean, should I could be understand, long dead. I can understand an elf, right? Or a, even a even a, a a hobbit being able to withstand that type of fire for. A little bit longer. I, mean, I don't know. Human, Hobbit. Well, yeah, but I get what you're saying because hobbits do live longer. Elves live basically; they're basically immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, humans are humans. The only, the only like, like non, like Aragorn is like a metahuman. He's from the race descended from Numenor, so they have long life. Anyway, Denethor is an atrocious disaster of a parent, and like, there's no even reference or mention of like what woman possibly could have thought that this man would make a good father. But, you know, I guess the implication is, like, you know, the noble houses, and you get married, that kind of thing, and you kind of just have to... He is the worst fucking father I have ever... I, I just, He's horrible. Mm-hmm. And and his his parental advice, every every word that comes out of his mouth is is bad. And he makes Faramir feel, feel so fucking bad yeah. for just being alive. Yeah. So that's my worst parental advice, and he's just generally like an all-around bad person and bad father. Is Lord Denethor? <laughs> my um, my worst advice given by a father in a movie is: if you ain't first, you're last. That is from Talladega Nights, uh, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Uh, Boy, yeah. howdy! And that whole scene where like he talks to his dad, and he's like, "Don't you remember the time you told me if you ain't first, you're last?" And he's like, "Huh? What are you talking about?" You came in, you said, "If you ain't first, you're last." Oh, hell, Ricky, I was high when I said that. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. You're first, you're last. You, you can be second, you can be third, fourth. Hell, you can be fifth. What are you talking about? I, I live my whole life based on that. Isn't that Gary Cole, by the way? That's Gary Cole. Great, great the job by him. character actor, Gary yeah. Cole. And, yeah, that was like, it just, that whole thing sets up, like, just being, if you ain't first, you're last. That's like the entire movie. That's... That is all Ricky Bobby is in his life. And then he realizes, oh, my dad's a piece of shit. Yeah. In the same vein, uh, uh, walk hard. The wrong kid, dad, Dewey. That yep. Brittany reminded me of, of that, uh, that, that, in that same vein of, of like bad parental advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar to Gary Cole. I know it's basically the same movie. Yeah. More or less. More so. or less. Anyway, yeah. so so on the flip side then. Yeah. So best good, advice. I actually, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig back into the well. Uh, or dip back into the well from our last episode because I did watch Knocked Up in advance of that of that episode. Yep. I really loved Harold Ramis uh, and his. He, he has a couple of really choice scenes in that film. Like he just sort of pops up in. Oh, it was just that one. It was just he a has cameo. That two one. scenes. He okay. has two scenes, and they're both like one is him learning that he's going to be a grandfather, and he's super pumped about that. And that's where I believe he tells uh, Seth Rogen, who's supposed to be like an early twenties. Um, he's actually 22 when they filmed it, yeah. 21 or 22, he's really young. Uh-huh. Um, and he tells him a couple of really choice, he said, you know, one was like, I'm going to be a grandfather. You happy about that? Absolutely. Delighted. This is a disaster. No, this is not a disaster. It is. An earthquake is a disaster. Your grandmother having Alzheimer's so bad she doesn't even know who the fuck I am. That's a disaster. This is a good thing. This is a blessing. I have a vision for how my life would go and this 
definitely is Wait, not. Is this your it. vision? Are you living your vision right I now? I am kind of living my vision. Well, that is sad. I'm telling you that you know this is like this is a blessing, and that Seth Rogen was the best thing that that had ever you know his character was the best thing that ever happened to him as a you know because he becoming a father and. Um, you know, that was, you know, that was such a blessing and, and, and everything. And, and he really puts things into perspective a little bit for Seth Rogen, who's a really immature shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he says something along the way, he calls out his lifestyle and how he's living like, sort of like a frat boy, even in his early twenties. Um, you know, when he should be like kind of becoming an adult and he's like, if this is like sort of the, the vision of, of, of a life that you had for yourself, like, boy, this is really fucking sad, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just talking about like uh, how, you know, a disaster is like his, his like mother the, yeah. not knowing who he is, yeah. but like a child is not a disaster. Um, and then in another one, uh, another, the second scene where he pops up again, more parental advice, not the most three dimensional character, but Harold Ramis makes it work. And he's talking about, um, you know, life doesn't fucking care about your plan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so all, all the scenes where he pops up and all the 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 drug commentary is very amusing as well. If it, that's probably great advice, by the way. Uh, you know, if it grows in the ground, it's probably okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no <laughs> pills, no powder. Exactly, it's all good. Oh, yeah, fun fact: he um, there's a deleted scene in High Fidelity, and Harold Ramis plays John Cusack. Does he really? Yes. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. F- I actually it's didn't know real that. Quick. I did not know it's that. On the DVD. That's I love Harold Ramis. Yep. My best parental advice in a movie is from uh, J.K. Simmons, who played Mac McGuff in Juno, Juno's dad. In my opinion, the best thing you can do is find a person who loves you for exactly what you are. Good mood, bad mood, ugly, pretty, handsome, what have you. The right person's still going to think the sun shines out your ass. Now, to be fair, I'm old now. I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough. And, uh, you know, I have a kid, so, you know, but he's like a little kid, but it's still like trying to say something this, this air quotes profound to a teenager would still ultimately fall on deaf ears. I know it's a movie and it's a, you know, she's a teenager and she's a cool teenager. Like Juno McGuff is cool as shit. Like I, I want to hang with her. She seems like a really cool hang. Uh, it's just that, you know, if, if somebody's talking about like staying with somebody forever when they're in high school that's not as common as people think and it's definitely not as common as movies make it out to be however this is a very good quote and he's a very supportive dad but she also ultimately i believe makes the right decision regarding everything so that's a good one i really like that one from juno what about single parents uh parents we got single mom and single dad i actually have two single moms yeah one who is a pending in the film, she's going to not be a single mom anymore, but she's basically a single mom throughout the majority of, of the, of the action of her action in the film. And that's so Vivica A. Fox and independence day. Okay. Uh, I, I think she has a great job taking care of her. Like she talks about how she like, I love that, that that's like a really great scene in, um, when she meets the first lady who's like basically on death's door. So what do you do for a living? I'm a dancer. (sighs) Ballet. No. Exotic. Oh. Sorry. Don't be. I'm not. It's good money. Besides, my baby's worth it. Dylan. No, no. Oh, oh, oh ballet. ballet. No, ex- exotic. Like, well, that's just that pretentious I first know, lady bullshit. I know, and I love that. And Mary I, McDonald, bless her. She yeah. doesn't do enough. Right. I think she's great. I, I, I love that scene. Yeah. And so, and she's like, she's like, don't be sorry. I do it for my, I do it for my baby. And I just think like, hey, that's like a great single mom. Like she's just, she's going to do whatever it takes to raise her kid. Uh-huh. 
Um, she hasn't been dealt the best hand, and she's gonna do what it. She's she just a strip. She has, she's gonna. That's what she's gonna do. That's my argument with that pick, though, is just that she's got Will Smith, but it doesn't explain. It doesn't explain how long they've been together. But he right. is living with right. Them. But so it's pretty clear that for I think it's very heavily implied that for some period of time pre Will Smith, she was doing what she had to do, and he's really auditioning for the job right. of being the second leg the, of that yeah. of that parent. Uh, family, so I. That's why she's one of my favorites too, because she saves the kid's life on multiple occasions, yep. and she does everything she can to get him out of a bad situation um, when the aliens start to invade. Yep. Uh, which is a great sentence that you should add to every every um, everything everything yeah. when the aliens start to invade. Yep. Yeah. That's why. Um, and then my other one, a tie on a little more serious of a note, is is Brie Larson in Room, who obviously like I think it's a great character study. Do you remember how Alice wasn't always in Wonderland? She fell down, 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 deep in a hole. Right, well, I wasn't always in room. I'm like Alice. I was a little girl named Joy. Nah. And I lived in a house with my mom and my dad. You would call them grandma and grandpa. What house? A house. It was in the world. Um, and they do a really good job of sort of exploring why she's actually not that great of a mother once they get out of the real world, get out into the real world. But it's a obviously not her fault. The circumstances are truly right. appalling. Um, but she and uh, the, the the boy, Jacob, Jacob uh, Tremblay. Thank you, Jacob Tremblay. They're great oh together. They they make the first half of that film. The first half of that movie is insane. The whole movie is insane. Yeah. And it's an amazing sequence. The entire escape sequence is unbelievable. That's one of the tensest scenes I've yeah. ever seen any, in a movie. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I, I love, I love her performance. Brie Larson's unbelievable in that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. and yeah, so, so single mom and, yeah. and, um, really does, uh, that one hits home. I love how they go back to the, to the room after it's being like, as it's being t- torn down in that movie and they're looking at it and the kids just saying, bye, bye room, bye bed, bye this, bye that. And it's like, the room is so small mm-hmm. afterwards. Like when they're in the room, it's filmed like it's a pretty big place. Right. And she makes him exercise and. But she's like still breastfeeding him, and right. all of it. like it's just these maternal instincts in in like this extended overdrive in that movie. It's just, and then it just kind of it it goes into after they get out, and then her trying to cope with it. It's oh man, that movie's great. Yeah. Anyway, my single mom in this is Aaron Brockovich. You want my number? I do. I do want your number. Which number do you want, D- George? George. Now, I like the way you say that, George. Uh, well, how many numbers you got? Oh, I got numbers coming out of my ears. For instance, 10. 10? Yeah. That's how many months old my baby girl is. You got a little girl? Yeah. Yeah, sexy, huh? How about this for number six? That's how old my other daughter is. Eight is the age of my son. Two is how many times I've been married and divorced. Sixteen is the number of dollars I have in my bank account. Eight five oh three nine four three. That's my phone number. And with all the numbers I gave you, I'm guessing zero is the number of times you're gonna call it. That is um I'm not the biggest Julia Roberts fan. I'll I'll s I don't give a shit who knows it. She kinda bothers me in a way. Um, I don't know if it's her face or her demeanor or the way she walks, which is not good. She just has like this, watch Ocean's Eleven. You understand? I I think I I, just has this quality about her and and everybody has those actors and actresses they can't stand. My wife, for instance, hates Kate Blanchett. There's things that Kate Blanchett is in that she likes. But for some reason, she fucking hates Kate Blanchett. Wow, I don't think Kayla and I will ever get along again. I, you take it up with her. She's not going to yeah, argue I with will. That's I will. my opinion. I know she's not going to argue with Fuck me. No, she's strong will. Anyway, but I will say, um, Aaron Brockovich, 
the movie is very well told, very well acted. Um, Julia Roberts carries that movie so well, but she does have help. You know, Aaron Eckhart is in it. That was the first thing I ever saw. I had ever seen Aaron Eckhart in. Albert Finney is her boss, um, and she ends up basically saving this entire town from this, or you know, getting a bunch of people that they're they're due from a chemical company that has been. You know, this destroyed their water supply, and people are dying of cancer. And I think this is the one performance that I've seen Julia Roberts do where she dials it to fucking 11 and takes and just does everything she needs to do to make the performance good, to make herself a believable single mother having a really hard fucking time, but also being somebody who can think fast on her feet and she she can pivot really well through all of her all these obstacles, even though she's having a shitty time doing it. But it ends up, you know, as the real Aaron Brockovich, you know, ends up pretty well for her. And she's a hero. So, by the way, uh, so this is a great segue because a really great single mother um, mm-hmm. in the next one I'm going to bring up. Because uh, so best mother son or favorite mother son movie in this case, I like uh, Forrest Gump. I think we're talking about five little points here. There must be something can be done. <laughs> we're a progressive school system. We don't want to see anybody left behind. Is that Mr. Gump? Mrs. Gump? He's on vacation. Is the choice and so Sally Field is also like, what won't she do for that child? She will do anything. Yeah. For that child. Yeah. She sure does. Your mama sure does does, does <laughs> care about your education. Yeah, your <laughs> mama sure does love. Oh, shit, I, I'm gonna find the clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll shit over. I'll shit all over Forrest Gump, but that pick is legit. So, yeah. You know, Forrest Gump to me is a bunch of boomer fodder. Look it, how no. great we fucking are. Well, Our parents sacrificed for us, and then look what we did to make this country fucking great. Fuck you. It it I, it, it can be. I think because I think boomers often take. I really don't want to discriminate against the boomers on our podcast, but I think they often take the wrong <laughs> message from Forrest Gump. I, in my, no, in, just my the, the stereotypical boomer. I'm obviously we love a bunch of boomers. We love our folks, you know, whatever. But that movie does seem kind of like a look how great we are, pat on the back kind of bullshit. But Sally Field will do anything. For Forrest Gump, she mm-hmm. accepted him. She wasn't like I feel like, you know. She she, I'm I know I'm kind of taking over your spot here, but like no, she, no. Go she's very 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 good and defends him at any point. But that's the thing about Forrest Gump; he's always had a strong woman there to defend him. Yeah, and Jenny, as weak as she was, was strong for him. I think you the whole point was. It, well, I mean, the whole point. Though, I mean. It's unfair to Jenny, though, because Jenny had a rough childhood. She really did. Jenny had a rough fucking childhood. She did what she needed to do to survive. Right, and so that's part. where I think boomers often take the wrong message from Forrest Gump because yeah. they look too much at, like, at Sally Field and not enough at, say, Jenny and the conditions yeah. that turned Jenny into who she was. Oh. Like, those conditions existed for a very specific reason. Yeah, and now that we're talking about it, I kind of don't feel as bad about, you know, what Jenny did to Forrest, but, you know... That's a whole nother discussion for another day. Okay. <laughs> so, what's your favorite mother son movie? Is there is I mean, and this is it's more of a m- mother figure. So, um, okay. there's a great movie. Called, well, there's two mothers in it, and they're both okay. So, this is a great movie. This is um, a sort of biopic. It's called Nowhere Boy. To what do I owe the pleasure? Off to Hamburg. It's in Germany, Mimi. Hamburg. Hamburg. Be gone a couple of months. Maybe even more. Hmm. 
And is this with the new group? They were... Oh, what are they called again? The UK. Oh, they all sound the same to me. Mm-hmm. It's about John Lennon as a teenager. It covers, you know, him living with his Aunt Mimi, she, who's raising him because his mother is kind of incapable. And Well, I don't want to say she's incapable. She has her own family mm-hmm. with her own husband and other kids. Right. And she was just not prepared to raise John when she had him. So his Aunt Mimi took him in. And, um, you know, he had, a, he had a great relationship with his uncle who ended up passing away. And then Mimi is very strict, very strict upbringing. And, um, but she loved him. You know, she even bought him a guitar. She was very, hes- like, resistant. One of those stereotypical resist, you know, the parents don't understand what the kids do and blah, blah, blah. But he also had his actual mother come back into his life as he was becoming a teenager, Julia. And, um, you know, it covers her death and, and everything kind of going on around it. But but Mimi was always in John Lennon's life, always. She passed away, I think, in the early 90s. So, like, she was there through everything. Um, but, no, it, it's... It's a really good, like, a yin and yang kind of thing, you know, oil and water type thing. Like, she is just that resistance to John Lennon's free-spirited nature. He wants to be a musician. He's very um, he's very angry that his mother isn't a better, bigger part of his life, mm-hmm. you know. But it is a really good movie. So, yes, Nowhere Boy. Uh, best father-daughter or favorite father-daughter movie? Um I, I I beat the drum on this one, even though I am neither a father nor a daughter. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that Interstellar is actually a great father-daughter movie. Stay. It says stay, Dad. You don't believe me. Look at the books. Look at this. It says stay. Why? You're not listening. It says stay. And it's a weird father-daughter movie in a lot of ways because I I think there are arguments to make that Coop is both a great father and an atrocious father. Yeah. But ultimately, the 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 ultimate story is the 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 story between Murph and Coop. Uh-huh. That's that is the story. Yep. Um. That's a good pick. Yeah. So I I I, I think the uh, there's a funny like scene at the end of the movie, and if we include a clip for this one, mm-hmm. uh. I think the great clip is where he thinks the station has been named for him. And in fact, it's been named for his daughter. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, That's a great, I love that. Uh That's, that's, that's a really funny, like he doesn't realize he's not like, people don't know what he did. No, it's what she's the one who figured it out because of his help. Right. That tesseract inside the, yes. Yeah. I know the third act is wacko. It's great. It's fine. But yeah. So, uh, it's fantasy at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, father daughter movie interstellar is, is my choice. My choice is the descendants. Yeah. Stars are George Clooney, Shailene Woodley, uh, Matthew Lillard, Judy Greer. Um, it's a great movie by Alexander Payne. Dad. Dad. Mom was cheating on you. That is what we fought about. When I was home at Christmas, I caught her with a guy. It made me sick to see her near you. I went back to school thinking that that was it, that I was just done with her. I was gonna call and tell you everything. And and then the accident happened and I was waiting until she woke up, I guess. Uh, It's the last great movie that he did that I saw, but um, Basically, George Clooney's wife, uh, who is only seen a couple of times once, you know, just her face. It's not an actress that we could you know, name, but, um, you know, she gets into a boat accident and is basically on life support. 
and George Clooney goes to pick his daughter up from the prep school or whatever she goes to, and uh, she's pissed, and he's trying to figure it out, and turns out the wife was cheating on him, and the daughter has, like, this undying loyalty to her father, you know, because she was just ready to be completely done with, you know, with her mother, and then that accident happened and all of that. It's it's a really, really good movie. They kind of go on a little, almost like a little expedition, basically, to confront the person that um, her mother their the mother had an affair with it's very very well made it's also a really good um kind of it kind of shows like the life of an average hawaiian person mm-hmm. like how people just live there not that they're average i mean obviously they have money and whatever but just how people live in like the suburbs in hawaii which is a state which is a place where people live it's just really far away but uh no it's a really really great movie the the descendants father son Father, son, you go. Field of Dreams. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that. And yeah, that's like a really on-the-nose answer, but I think it still to me is, is, again, for all of its foibles... Field of Dreams is a movie that I think does an excellent job of capturing sort of the the divide that tends to occur between mm-hmm. um, generations and the attempt, even if it's not always successful, to sort of heal old wounds through fathers and sons who may butt heads mm-hmm. through uh, something as simple as baseball um, and something larger sort of than than what is tangible and real, there's an element of that that I really connect to. Yeah. So I can see Field of Dreams. That's probably my favorite father-son movie. And it might very well be one of the best father-son movies. Is That is probably the best answer uh, out of all this. Mine would be Road to Perdition. And there is only one guarantee. None of us will see heaven. Michael could. Then do everything that you can to see that that happens. Leave. I'm begging you. It's the only way. And if I go? Then I will mourn the son I lost. Which is I love that answer. It's, I, I, it's a great fucking movie. It's heavy, but I haven't I haven't seen it in years. But you know the whole thing with Tom Hanks and his son on the run after the rest of their family get murdered. Yeah, because it's um, not even necessarily saying is Tom Hanks the best father. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's not no. that's not the point. No, he's not. But he he and he didn't even have much of a relationship with his kids. He was a gangster. And he worked for Paul he was, Newman. Was he an assassin, like a hitman? For? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And uh, but the job went a job went wrong. And, you know, the Paul Newman sends Daniel Craig. This is the first time I ever saw. I think no, it was the second time I ever saw Daniel Craig in a movie. It's one mm-hmm. of his earlier movies. You're right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That's real. Because uh, was that 01? 02. 02. Because it was up against one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I yes. Think, for best picture. No, it wasn't up for best picture, unfortunately. Was it not? No. How the fuck that happened? I had mm, no idea. Maybe it was for adapted screenplay. Then. Something in there. I think it was adapted. Screenplay. Something in there. Um, but it. Uh, so. No, yeah. So a job goes wrong. And then. Um. Basically, Paul Newman sends his son to kill, like, Tom Hanks, his kids, and his wife. Like, just kill the, all of them. Well, the son, the father and the son get out. 
and then they're on the run and it's this whole thing like fa- like Tom Hanks saw Paul Newman's character as his, as a father figure for yeah. him yeah and then also Paul Newman had probably more respect for Tom Hanks's character than he does for his own idiot son, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's just a great like it's a very layered movie. On the note of father figures, we'll be talking about non non blood parental figures, mentors yeah. in a little bit. Yep, yep. All right, um, so what's next? Well, so we skipped over. We can now go back to it. Good segue. Uh, favorite single dad. Single dad. I'll go. Uh, Captain Von Trapp, played by Christopher Plummer in The Sound of Music. This is Baroness Schrader. And these are my children. How do you do? All right, go inside. Dry off, clean up, change your clothes, report back here. A stern a stern kind of asshole at the beginning, and he ends up unwinding and opening up, you know, when Julia Julie Andrews's character comes into the in, into play and then, you know, just romance happens and shit and he has his kids and his kids are very good very obedient children and also they don't like nazis which really helps yeah it's always good to not like nazis yeah it's a pretty good thing um so this is and i i say this i stress this enough because it's not again i don't consider him a good single dad i consider him man he's trying mm-hmm. robin williams and mrs doubtfire yep miss hillard the water's boiling I'm sorry to frighten you, dear. I must look like a yeti in this getup. That's a... It's a drive-by fruity. Oh, my God. I mean, every line is incredibly quotable. Mm-hmm. And But so uh, around the time that film came out was right around the time that my parents' divorce was yeah. happening. Um, and I, I just really appreciate... I think the writing is... The dude's just trying. Like, yeah. he's wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. But he is really trying. And there's some nuance lost sometimes in Christopher Columbus films. But... Overall, I think there's an element of of you have to appreciate the level of effort and the fact that this guy just wants a relationship with his kids. Yeah. How they find out is kind of fucked up. Just lock the goddamn bathroom door. What the fuck? Yeah. What is that about? Yeah, and there's there's uh, there's probably I'm gonna guess there's some like anti-trans stuff that hasn't aged it's, it's not, super well. I don't think there's nothing to do with trans there. No, he but was, it's by accident. Like it's 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 sort of an accidental. Like again, it's just it's not very. Um, I think that movie could still be made today. I really think. Yeah, I just don't think it's very. What's the word? I don't think it's very sensitive to the maybe the way it's done. It could be made today, but only Robin Williams could do it. So obviously, it can't be because right. he passed away. But like. Robin Williams was that's a role that like he can do really really well. I don't think other people really could. Mm-hmm. But no, it's that's fine. I man, I haven't seen that in forever. I just yeah. remember Pierce Brosnan being, you know, that was back when Pierce Brosnan was like, oh my god. Right. Oh. Yeah, he's a very good-looking man. Holy shit. I am I I you know, he's he's a snuggleable dude. Yeah. I, I would very much cuddle with that guy. Uh do you want to talk about father figures? Before we move on to our yeah. um, mother, yeah. daughter, and... Um... I've got a great father figure for, yeah. for you. So okay. my father figure is Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. Sam Neill plays him in Jurassic Park. I guess it means the power's off. That's not funny. Great. Now my reasoning here. Interesting. Because at the mo- at the beginning. Because you know the worst grandparent in history is in that movie too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's well. 
He oh, loves his grandkids. He's, he's not a bad grandparent. He put them in terrible danger. He didn't think he was. Oh, he's man. stupid. Okay, so so your your father. That's a that. whole other story yeah. about John Hammond. Anywho, but Alan Grant at the beginning kind of scolds that kid with the raptor claw, scares the shit out of him, and it's really funny, right? Yeah. And then he's talking to Ellie, who I don't know. When I was a kid watching the movie, I didn't know that they were together. I st- somehow did not get that. I right. mean, they kind of explain it later on, but I didn't understand. I just thought they were partners, like. They're just like work partner. I don't know. Anyway, but no. So they're together. And then she's like, so you want to have kids? And he's like, kids are yeah, like they're they're expensive and they smell and this and that. Some of them smell. The babies smell. I love that shit. But then, you know, his instincts kick in when the T-Rex attack happens. You know, you can see it working through him that, you know, he's little things like mm-hmm. um, when they go to see the triceratops and Lex kind of slips and he's like he catches her you okay you know he's he's not a bad guy he's a caring person he just doesn't want fucking kids right but when the time comes where he needs to fucking be there for them he is goddamn there for them yeah they climb the tree he's pushing he's helping them before he helps himself right and and the and ending every fucking the f- point except for the the electric fence right i mean they got to get the fuck right that fence and tim he's telling timmy to jump yeah i'll catch you one two three i'll you know that that i love that, that movie so that much. final that final shot though yeah. is so classic steven spielberg uh, the yeah. sentimental and oh, spielberg and, hates dads i mean this is or he always has a different like a fantasy for dads or right. dads are always gone because he had his own issues with his father but um but yeah like he's got the kids on him like whether well, they're sleeping on him you know they're all they're on the helicopter back yeah and oh my god but no he always puts those kids first he put them first. He protected them. Even when the raptor was about to to jump on them before the T-Rex, you know, deus ex machina the end of the movie, um, he's there. He is protecting them. He is he is being a guardian for these children, which I thought was great. So it's a that's my favorite father figure in a movie. So there are plenty of bad father figures. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, uh, Deus Ex Machina. It makes me think of... Um, uh, Oscar Isaac's character in that because he is technically a father figure to to the AI that he creates, oh, but yeah. well, um, but that, that is actually out. not not what I'm going with. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, so because uh, I'm dying to talk about this, uh, is Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi oh, as a father figure to Kylo in that flashback scene? You're talking about two flashback scenes told from two different points of view, and it was beyond what I ever imagined. <laughs> briefest moment of pure instinct i thought i could stop it and with consequence and the last thing i saw were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him he must have thought i was dead Many of the shoes we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. And again, the, the movie's great, though. I love The Last Jedi, but yeah. but so there were ways to justify that scene. I'm not going to get into this again. There were so many great ways to justify that scene and justify that in general. Mm-hmm. And I think the series did a very poor job of explaining why that scene could very well have worked. Mm-hmm. And it's still weird to me like that they, they, so many great 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 minds couldn't figure out how to justify that scene when i can think of many ways to justify well, no, it. they probably had a lot of good ideas and then a lot of money people who don't know shit about movies uh you know they got involved right so so this is all i'm going to say is that ultimately um not only does luke do that but his apology to kylo's kind of half-assed in the final scene because uh, i think he i think it's because 
you know, when Kylo's like, have you come here to save my soul? And he knows it's like, look, it's not on me anymore. Right. And, it's like, and he, it can't be. He, Kylo's too far gone at that point. He already killed Snoke. He was the supreme leader, you know, and he's like, no. And but, I love but, that. I love that. I love how Luke chose, he, he ultimately gave up on that. Like, you come to save my soul? And he's like, in his look with his eyebrows, no. <laughs> but see, I, I don't agree because they spent the last, like, movie and a half basically telling us how Kylo probably could be redeemed. Yeah. And Luke give, Luke giving up on that, I'm not sure I actually agree with that. Well, that's all for the living, and Luke knew he was done, so that's on Rey now. So, he fuck. knew Rey, Rey had the capability to do that. But, Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack No, no, it's okay. The, ultimately, the, the, the big mistake here is, and so again, if you used only the context that the film provides, mm-hmm. Luke looks into his heart, decides that Kylo is, or that, that, that Ben is going to become Kylo and has already been corrupted by Snoke, mm-hmm. Only by looking into his heart, using the force, whatever nonsense that is, and decides that he needs to execute a teenager for that reason. But he said it was a fleeting, fleeting moment. Right. Jedi aren't perfect, But he turns on the lightsaber. And so when Kylo wakes up, that's the first thing he sees. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense. Ultimately, that's my point, Uh is that that, so more so than even Han and Leia, they gave Ben to Uncle Luke. Oh, now, train see, now I'm going through all the what ifs. What if he didn't kill Snoke? He got like Luke got to him and said, "Look, I'm sorry." He did say, "I'm sorry." Yeah, but the apology, you. the apology could have been a little bit better. It could, it, it, and then, but then I think it's also on Kylo saying, "Well, I'm sure you are," like yeah. that kind of thing. Like I'm sure you are sorry, like that whole. I get it. Anyway, so I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I, I think I again I can justify the reasoning if, if. There's there are so many ways to justify it, but ultimately with what they left us with, it makes Luke possibly the worst father figure mentor type person ever. Whenever I die, I want to like if there's a if there is a higher being out there and they're saying they're going to show the movie of my life. I'm be like, you know what? Let's count all the fucking minutes, seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years. I have actually used my breath talking about fucking Star Wars and defending the last Jedi for that. Holy shit. What's next? Okay. Uh, so what is next? We have not done mother-daughter movies. Mother-daughter. Which you and I are neither mothers nor daughters, so... Nope. Uh, I, I mean, we got mothers. Right. And I have sisters. And I got... I and got, I, I, maybe I could have asked them their opinion, but I, I have, I have an opinion. I have a mother. I got a stepmother. Got a grandmother. Got sister. Got stepsister, half-sister. I got a bunch of ladies in my life. Got my wife, who's also a mother, so... Okay. Do, um, do you want to go first? The best mother-daughter movie? Your, yeah, or your favorite. Yours is better than mine. Okay. So I'll go first. Okay. Uh, mine is Brave. So, <laughs> what's all this supposed to be? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak bear. Okay. Not saying that Brave is not good. I do. I, I did enjoy Brave. As a mother-daughter movie, that movie's stupendous. But I'm also saying this with, like, this is the hardest category to do. And I've not watched a lot of mother-daughter movies. Google mother-daughter movies. You know what you're going to find is some bullshit, like, any, what was it, Where the Heart Is or mm-hmm. fucking... Um, I think you're going to find a lot of, like... Uh, schlock. Yeah. Because I Said So, starring Mandy Moore and, um, right. and Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, you got to... 
I was going to go with Little Women, but it's that's not so schlock much. is a very good term for what a lot of. So I will say a lot of that's like father son movies are the yeah, same way. Yeah, no, that that's the line. So a lot of these parental movies, and I think we haven't really talked about bad movies that represent like we've talked about bad characters right but they exist within the confines of these really good films sure but yeah i think that was so where the line is that there are bad films where sort of the the it crosses into that schlock territory yeah. overly sentimental not really profound in any way i didn't find brave to be that way i saw it though as a it's a contentious relationship between the two of them merit is a free spirit her mother's like no you're royalty this and that and then her mother gets turned into a fucking bear by a witch and then they have to work together to figure out how to fix that. And I'm just like, this is great. This is good for um, not me because I'm not this. But the movie's good. Yours is yeah. the ultimate one. Yeah, yeah. I, so I agree so with this, this one. is Lady Bird, which is just great. Do you have any idea what it costs to raise you and how much you're just throwing away every day? Give me a number. What? Give me a number. I don't understand. You give me a number for how much it costs to raise me, and I'm gonna get older and make a lot of money and write you a check for what I owe you so that I never have to speak to you again. Well, I highly doubt that you will be able to get a job good enough to do that. Lady Bird is so fucking good. Uh, and, and I actually yeah. think, so I referenced this earlier, I very much see a lot of, I don't know if my mother would agree with this, but I see a lot of Lori Metcalf and her performance in my own mother. Uh -huh. um, she's maybe not quite as rough around the edges, maybe a little bit more subtle and nuanced. Uh -huh. um, but I do see, especially because, um, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but like I had sisters who were older than me, and at times they had contentious relationships because that's what happens. You mm -hmm. butt heads with your mother, especially if you are the daughter. You know, mm -hmm. that that is what occurs. And yep. so I think that there's an element of Lady Bird, especially the time period when it takes place. 2002. When, right. I was in high school then. Right. I get a, a lot of those yeah. fucking references. Like, yeah, my, my middle sister was 21 at the time. Like, so like it's like it sort of hits for me. Um, Timothy Chalamet's character. I have met so many people just like that fucking kid. Right. With the clothes and the oh reading God, the Kerouac yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. God damn it. Painfully progressive. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, Lady Bird's great, though. Um, and I kind of watched it on a whim because it was one that I missed. Oh, so good. And it's really, really good. Very yeah. Good movie. Um, okay. So, we're getting close to our main attraction. I did want to briefly touch on some of the worst ever movie parents. Oh, boy. Um, and it could be single parents, it could be, um, you know, parents together. Um, so, in like sort of a light, schlocky way, I think every single parent in Meet the Fockers and that that series of films, they're just awful. So that's like Robert De Niro, um, uh, was that Blythe Danner? Blythe Danner, yeah. Um, and then uh, Barbara Streisand and Dustin Hoffman in, in Meet the Fockers. They're all awful. They're they probably are, awful to hang out with, too. Yeah, they're, in real life. they're bad parents. They're just different ends of a spectrum of bad, like one. And like that's sort of the point, but it gets lost in the sentimentality, especially of Meet the Fockers. Whereas I think Meet the Parents is actually like pretty good and like forces in many ways. It actually does kind of force, again, lightly and in a shallow way. But it does force Robert De Niro's character to like reconcile with his own like overprotectiveness of his daughter and sort of plays off of, of like a like a stereotype that we often see in TV, like eight simple rules and, and all those other. Um, and it's know. obvious he has a favorite child, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. clear. Um, yeah. Pam cakes, his Pam cakes. Uh, so, yeah. So I think all the parents in that are terrible. I also think that um, 
Dead Poet Society, uh, Kurtwood Smith's character, he's the worst father I've ever seen. And it's just a shame because like his ob- it's very obvious that like his his parental instincts are coming from a place of like he's trying to be like a good provider, yeah. but not a good father. Kurtwood Smith plays an asshole really well. He does. But at least in that 70s show, you know, as Red Foreman, he had a heart of gold behind that war veteran uh, dumbass shit that he yeah, did. Yeah. I, I love him in that 70s show, but like I, no, anytime he, I ever see him in a movie, it's like, oh my God. He's he's really, um, he's not solely responsible, but his behavior is certainly up there for why his son eventually does choose to take his own life. I mean, uh-huh. he's he is a... Um, I mean, he is controlling is not the right word because mm-hmm. he he really has mapped out his son's life and is mm-hmm. stifling his growth. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, um, you know, he's not again. I think Robin Williams, his character actually does have uh, Mr. Keating mm-hmm. has some responsibility to take, though the film, I think, would argue otherwise. I haven't watched it in a while, mm-hmm. but um, I know the film does try to argue otherwise. But like, yeah, so, you know, it's like these two competing sort of philosophies and like he encourages yeah. him to walk down this path and. Um, ultimately that, you know, he can't reconcile with these competing philosophies. Quick aside, so. I met a 15-year-old kid recently whose favorite movie is Dead Poet Society. Ah. So there is hope. Isaiah, if you listen to this, shout out. Bro. Nice. Good yeah. taste. Great, 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 cool great. Cool dude. Um, so my worst parent in a movie, I have a, I have a, 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 a you know, second place, very close second place, more of a parent figure, is Dwight Yoakam in Sling Blade. Fuck. Anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to say that because it's holy shit. Um, but no, the worst one. Colonel Frank Fitz, United States Marine Corps, uh, played by Chris Cooper in American Beauty. He's very bad. Very bad. Actually, there's not a good parent to be found in that film. Uh no. No, not really. No. Is he the worst of them? Probably. Yes. Oh, by far. And his poor wife is essentially comatose because of her just being locked in this shitty, super traditional, super conservative marriage, and just there's no love there. And it's obvious that, you know, by the end that he's, you know, a a closeted gay man and doesn't know how to express that because he's had this upbringing of just being, you know, he's in the Marines and it's this man's man thing and he's he's a prejudiced person. and, uh, And, you know, he ultimately kills Kevin Spacey's character, you know what? There's actually a deleted scene, too. They initially filmed it as a court scene at the end where the kids get indicted for murder, for the murder. Of, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. Right, because of the video, you know, you want me to kill him for you? Like, that's the used as evidence. And, like, apparently, I don't know. They took it out, thankfully. But, like, yeah, no, he's a real piece of shit in that movie. And he gets, I think he, you know, even though he, you know, gets away with murder, literally, um, his son kind of gives him his what for you know, what a sad old man you are. That's the yeah. only really redeeming part of that entire movie. Yeah. The movie's a really problematic. So, uh, all right. So favorite, favorite movie parents. Um, and, uh, then we get to our main attraction. Sure. Um, so well, mine, can, oh, go mine ahead. are different than yeah. I'm going to talk about, um, sort of just my favorite, um, or, or, or let me rephrase. I think the best movie parents, and then I'm going to talk about my favorite movie parent okay. who I have kept conspicuously absent, even though, she could fill many, many roles on this rapid fire Give me list. your first one first, then I'll yeah. go, then you go. Okay. Well, my favorite, best, in my opinion, best movie parents, and it's cheating because it's animated. <laughs> That's but not cheating. Pongo and Perdita, 101 Dalmatians, the 1961 Disney version. Say, Purdy, I've got an idea. Pongo, what on earth? Look, I'm a Labrador. They are... They're wonderful. Uh-huh. They're wonderful. Uh-huh. Uh, they do everything possible 
to retrieve their children. I like to think of Taken as 101 Dalmatians, but shittier. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a great. That's great. <laughs> Taken is essentially yeah, 101 Dalmatians. That's all it is. It's, if the but, Dalmatians are just that girl, basically. Right. But, yeah, the difference is they rescue 99 motherfucking Dalmatians. 15 of, of 50. They rescue 84 Dalmatians who are not part of their litter. Right. And Liam Neeson's like, well, I'm not going to end human trafficking. I'm just going to rescue my daughter. Right. So, so Taken, I've never seen the sequels, but, never but, even, but, but fuck yeah. you. That's hilarious. Yeah. Though. So 101 Dalmatians, Pongo and Perdita, they are, they are. Imagine just, if, if they went like, good, there's a remake of it, but they go guns blazing, rescuing them. Mm. Like they murder the fuck out of Cruella. And right. Yeah. And by the way, I have no interest in seeing Emma Stone's Cruella. Do they make it like a all. sympathetic character? Like they all, like Disney does. I oh, she was yeah. turned this way by some yeah. outside force. I don't know. I, hate I don't that. know. The woman was wanted to skin dogs. Puppies. Like, yeah. She yeah. wanted to murder and skin fucking puppies. Right. Like, Outside of being a Nazi, I'm. I think that's the step below that's being a Nazi. One step below when you're fucking skinning baby animals, right? That's, helpless baby animals. Yes. God. Everyone. Everyone knows. So Ryan and I both have dogs. Yeah. Um, huge, huge dog lovers. They're just they're they just love you. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, my dog's kind of an annoying little asshole oh, sometimes, but Gus, I love Gus him is, so much. Gus is a wonder. He he's great. Yeah. But Gus, he's Gus, also, I, you know what I love he about also Gus? whines about every fucking, he, he barks every time a car is somewhere near the main yeah. road away from our house. But you know what I love about Gus? What? Gus Gus is almost cat-like sometimes in yes. that um, if you stop petting him, he will just put his head under your, under yeah. your and he's like, I'm oh, not, I wasn't claws. done. He paused. Yeah. He's like, no, you're not done. It, that's what R- Ranger does that as well. Sometimes um, I force it on him though, like, like, yeah. cause he wants me to pet him. So sometimes when he's kind of walking away, I'll get behind him. I'm not mounting him, but I'll squat down right on top of his back and I'll put my arms around him and I'll just start rubbing that spot on his neck that he loves. And he's like, Ooh. and then he's like <laughs> not sitting down. So I'm like, no, you're going to sit down and enjoy this. You're going to enjoy this. I don't think it's cruel because I'm gentle and I love him and it's not weird. Uh, well, dogs also crave attention anyway so yeah. like i mean there are times where they actually don't want attention yeah, it's you, pretty rare you're not gonna make cruella de villa sympathetic character, there's literally right? no way so yeah Fuck so her. pongo and perdita best movie parents ever okay my main attraction and my best movie parents uh it might come as a surprise to some people this but you know other people are like no nah, this makes sense this is jim's dad from american pie played by eugene levy right this is uh this is Hustler, and this is a much more exotic magazine. Now, they have decided to focus more on the uh, pubic uh, region, right. uh, the whole groin area. Uh-huh. Look at the expression on her face. You see that? See what she's doing? She's kind of looking right into your eyes, saying, Hey, big boy. Hey, how you doing? You see? Right. Eugene Levy is a comedy icon. He is a, he, I would say he's a national, he's a Canadian national treasure. He's a North American national treasure. Yeah, fuck it. We'll bring him in. He's an American treasure as well. He is a world He treasure. also, a young Eugene Levy, I, like, I'm convinced he and Martin Scorsese are, like, very distant cousins. They're, it's uh, the eyebrows. It's fucking eyebrows. Um, I love Eugene Levy. He's Eugene great. Levy, you know, the mom in that movie is a bit, a, a bit hysterical, you know, which is fine. She doesn't want her son watching porn and whacking off and whatever. Uh, Poor Jason channels. Jason Biggs forever defined by this role. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, you know jacking off in a tube sock. But then like there's a time his dad's like I, he needs to connect with his son. They're sitting down and they're going through the porno mags. He went and got porn mags for him 
which is you know very progressive uh you know a little bit a little bit too much and but you can tell i think throughout most of the film he's he's uncomfortable with like like he's putting himself out of his comfort zone to do bit. this stuff a little bit yeah but he knows that he's trying to teach his son you know safe sex like condoms and and you know being respectful uh, of of you know of women and all that even though he's showing in porn mags but whatever it's fine but he's like shaved and it's just like it's like and then she's giving you this look with his fucking eyebrows like hey big guy hey hey how you doing <laughs> and I was I was watching something it's like the behind the scenes or something when I was younger because I used to do stuff like that with the DVDs and Jason Bays was talking about like how they had to keep doing that scene because it's impossible to keep a straight face like he's like you watch. Watch the scene that actually made the cut, the cut of the film, and there are little bits where Jason Biggs, as Jim, is like trying to hold back laughter. Like he just kind of looks away, like he's tensing up, and it, it's good because it makes it seem as uncomfortable as it probably should be with your dad trying to teach you about sex and showing you porn mags. Like that's just the way he wants to do it, <laughs> like not in an inappropriate way. Yeah, maybe a bit TMI in a way, but still sweet and wholesome. But it's like he's just kind of like, oh, dad, I don't want to, you know. And he like even goes in his drawer and he pulls out. You know, he has all these condoms like, well, shape really in a tube sock, you know. I, I, by the way, I so love good. I love the thing about uh, so Jim's dad in in American Pie. Like, is, so if there's a spectrum of sort of like the cool progressive uh-huh. parent. So, like, I think Jim is on the, the correct side of it where he's like he doesn't see this as like he's not trying to do this because he wants his son's approval. He's doing this because he thinks this is like stuff his son yeah. needs. Conversely, if you look at a film uh, like Mean Girls uh-huh. and you look at. Amy Poehler, who is Regina George's mom, and she's yes. like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. But she's, like, terrible. Right. Her, like, like I, The whole thing is, like, the little girl dancing to Khalees, my milkshake, in right. the background. Yeah. All the time doing like this Like, she's really, dance. she's just seeking the approval. Yes. She's just trying to be cool. Yeah, and you don't want to do that. Right. That's so, the hard thing. That's, like, when you have kids who are teenagers, not that I can really uh, relate to that yet, but, you know, I have friends who have teenage kids, mm-hmm. and it's, it's yeah, you there's a balance there. You kind of want to be cool, but no, dude, they, they need to learn from you. But it's not just that one scene with Eugene Levy. There's that scene where he's talking about taking a girl to the prom, and he's like, what's her name? Michelle. Michelle. Well, she must be really special if you picked her out of the whole bunch. And it's like, that's so sweet. That's like the nicest thing, even though Michelle's like a huge dork and a total sex fiend. But she is, but you know what, Michelle is? She is sweet. She is sweet. She is special. And she's yes. like, like there, I, I totally relate to that scene. Uh-huh. Like there is that, there is that element of it where, yeah. where I, I get it. I, yeah. I, I really like that. And it's just like, be very careful when you're putting on the corsage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. It's, you know, like, Jim's dad, man. I don't even think he has a name. I kept looking it up. I'm like, there isn't a name. He's just Jim's dad. Like, Jennifer Coolidge's Stifler's mom. Right. Because that's who people are. Like, right. parents' friends. When you're growing up, yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's it, yeah, my, t- this person, Dan's mom. And, well, you know, and you know, like, that's yeah. only partially true. So, like, I was referring to my my buddy Chris and, and his brother Evan, their dad, Rich. Like, I obviously, like, right. I, I call him Rich now. But they are, sure. they are like, long family friends. But then there are other friends who you lose touch with. And you're just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, his, his dad. Yeah. I don't remember his dad's name. Like, yeah, Maggie's dad, that person. Yeah. Like, this person's mom. Yeah, right. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before I jump into my main attraction, because I feel like we uh, we haven't we we're gone a whole episode without talking about Marvel, and I think I might the withdrawal is setting in. So are there any good? I know there are some bad MCU parents. Ego goes without saying. Yeah. Probably the worst MCU parent other than um, Aunt May. Th- Thanos. Is a good one. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying. He, Aunt- he's got issues, but he's trying. Aunt May. Oh, oh I was saying Ant Man. Ant-Man. I oh, think Ant-Man. he's really trying. Yes. He's trying. Ant-Man. Ant-May is a good parent. He's a good dad. Yeah. He has good intentions, at least. Yes. I know the the path to hell yes. is paved with the best intentions. But... Ant-Man Ant- 
Scott Lang is a, is trying. Uh-huh. And his and his ex-wife and her husband are very supportive of him. Yeah, they're actually yeah, they're actually that's like the most functional healthy relation this is why i think ant-man really gets a bad rap i think yeah. people were just like when it came out they like, were just like oh well first of all this isn't uh this isn't is it not iron man and it's not well, also but also the people who were hoping for um what's his face who was going to direct it and then dropped out um oh uh, edgar wright edgar wright they oh, were hoping for an edgar wright film and it wasn't that that's such a shame he got a story credit on it i hope he right. gets to actually do one yeah yeah so yeah. so i think there's a lot of like a lot of like residual disappointment from a lot of different places and i think they did a great job i actually really like ant-man ant-man and the wasp is even better and i'm looking forward uh, i don't to know if one. i agree with that it was Ant-Man okay it was, it was fine i also really like the michael douglas relationship i actually like the fact that they forced michael douglas and evangeline right. lily to like reconcile and and like actually go through the yeah sort and of then, the motions and of, then spider-man has aunt may yeah who really genuinely cares yeah because mo- i would say otherwise the most of the parents in the MCU were pretty bad, and I wonder yeah. how that well, who else is there. Is that well, parents like so? Howard Stark's not a great dad. No, admittedly, he's not, he's a, not great, a great. He's dad. not a great dad. No, um, but Tony Stark becomes a great dad because he has to yeah. go through all that crazy shit. Yeah, and then finally he gets a he yeah, has a daughter, okay. and he's a good dad yeah, to yeah. the daughter. Yeah, he's okay in Endgame. He is yeah. a good dad. Yeah, he's a good dad. He's but a, he's not. A, he's he's not. He's a cool dad. He's no, not a cool dad. He's, he's a, a fucking dad. He's a good dad. He's good. He's a good dad. It seems like it anyway. He seems very loving. But what else? It was oh, oh, Odin is not. Odin is a very bad father. Yeah, and he's that. Col- I was reading this great thing about how he's actually a colonizer, mm-hmm. and how Hela in Ragnarok was like, "This is what he actually did." Right. Like I am predestined to destroy this. Right. Hela's a villain, but only because that's what she's right. That's, that's what, what she o- is o- there o- for. Odin made her. Yes, she's supposed to be a villain. Right. And Serta is not even really a villain. He's just there to do all that right but odin is the reason all this shit is right happening. like like yeah ultimately like he's and, a shitty father yeah, he's a he's a good dad he, he so way. he tries to change which like yes. you got to give him a little bit of credit for but like i i often think one of the things that is like one of the places where ragnarok does work is that you're talking about the, the aspect of colonizing and how uh-huh. americans tend to whitewash their own history and this is why it was such a perfect movie for taika waititi who's an indigenous yeah um, descended indigenous uh New Zealander. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was a perfect movie for him to make. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's a, that's a point. That's a point that I think, again, escapes. We talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Escapes audiences yeah. that there's like an element of like, hey, did you know that America has a fucking horrific history of, of destroying indigenous cultures? Yep. And like, it's not just America. It's obviously, it's like the West. It's yeah. European uh-huh. centric, cent- cent- European centric based history right. where we whitewash. The fact that there are still so many Americans who even as of a year ago didn't know mm-hmm. about the, the um what is it? Black Wall Street. And yeah. the, the, uh, uh, is that Tulsa? Yeah, the Tulsa yeah. riot. Yeah, the Tulsa massacre. Tulsa massacre. Yeah, no, the Tulsa massacre. I mean, it. it, it I mean, it, it was a white. It was a white riot. You white could call it, riot. but they. But it was a massacre. Oh, on a riot. Sorry, the yeah. clash. Anyway, yes. so, uh, but yeah, so so I think that's that is actually that's a good that's a good. But yes, Odin's issue. Like, he's, Odin was he's shitty. Like, he's like trying to get better, but like not grappling with like who he was before he tried to get better. So it's more like he's just trying to forget. So who else is there then? In that, I don't. I'm trying to think of like who else is a shitty yeah i mean there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of parents oh oh well thunderbolt ross is a giant douchebag yeah he's he's not great he sucks he he's not great he is not a good dude at all so anyway somehow he became secretary of state i just don't fucking understand yeah yeah i don't know anyway so that's that i just wanted i wanted to briefly give the mcu because we we usually talk about it once an episode we'll we'll shut up about the mcu (laughs) but like come on like like it is interesting right that in all these superhero Mm -hmm. films like like where like it 
that's like a like almost like a trope now. Bad oh. parents in superhero films. Yeah. Well, hey. So, um, before you do your your best one, I did have a I did have an honorable mention that okay. I know you'll appreciate. Yes, um, Christian Bale in Three Ten to Yuma. Yeah, that motherfucker is a you know uh, uh, <laughs> that was loud. That uh, that dude is a um, that was that was me my guttural James Mangold oh, reaction. Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, you know an old dis- Civil War veteran who who you know owes a lot of money to some to some people and ends up taking this job to deliver Russell Crowe's, you know, he's the, the bad guy, and delivering him to the 310 train to Yuma to go to prison. And then, you know, Russell Crowe actually ends up helping him out, realizing that, oh, he's doing this for his family. He's mm-hmm. doing this for his well-being. Yeah. He's not just, he's not like a lawman. He's doing it because he has debts, and but he's a good dad, you know, and he's a good husband. And so he's like, oh, and I've escaped from that fucking prison, like, what, twice? So yeah, he can just do it. It's like, cool, let's go. <laughs> and I just love it. And, you know, hijinks ensue. Like, a, you know, fight with Apaches and other people in Pinkerton. Yeah, and, yeah, Ben Ben Foster just doing ben Foster doing everything. That motherfucker is so great. He's really talented. Anywho. All, all right. right, so oh, also, did you want to talk about who your parents would be before we do well so I, I really think Lori Lori Metcalf I'm not sure about my dad that that has uh okay that's a tough one that's super tough, to, tough. To, to pinpoint um but I I definitely think Lori Metcalf is the number one choice even though she would need to dial it back like a tiny bit okay um I think she's capable of that she's yeah a good actress so. yeah she's yeah. that she was like so talk she, about that was I think that performance in Lady Bird was like a complete and total like oh wow like Lori Metcalf can fucking act oh I always knew that yeah she was up for an Oscar for it she probably should have won it but yeah I don't know uh so that's who would play your mom. I think. Alex. I think if I was going to pick anyone right now, it, it'd probably be Laurie Metcalf. Only after seeing Lady Bird. If I was if like a pre Lady Bird, uh-huh. uh, that's tough. Okay. That's. I'll have to. I'll, I'll think about that while you're answering. Okay. And then uh, my mom. I've always thought this. My mom would be played by Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they have a resemblance in a weird way, and Tony Collette does a perfect American accent, but she also has that spunk. So if you ever get a chance to meet my mom, she's a very uh, talkative, friendly person. She's very talkative, in case you can't tell how talkative I am. that's uh, She's not overly talkative, but she could talk to anybody. She can have a good conversation with just about anybody, but she can also be a stern mom when she needs to be, and uh, she's always done a, a pretty good job with me, I think, anyway. But no, that – and then my dad – now, this is kind of a toss-up because my dad is uh, – he has a Mel Gibson quality to him, not as ruggedly handsome, but uh, as as speaking of Mel not Gibson. great, not great fathers, the Patriot when he yeah murders like a bunch of people in front right, of like kids. dismembers British soldiers. In front. Anyway, it's the 1700s. It was of the time. Sure, I don't know. What you were saying. I mean, also his other son was just fucking murdered. Right. So. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, anywho, uh, no, but then my dad has a weird Bill Murray resemblance. I bet if you like, if you like, literally just blended Mil- Bill Murray and and uh, and. Um, uh, Mel Gibson, that would kind of be my dad. Yeah, so um, main attraction. Actually, this would be another great actress to play my mom again. Oh, yeah? uh, uh, I, I think the uh, probably my, my favorite, uh, single favorite parent in a movie is, is uh, Sarah Connor from both Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. How are you supposed to know? Fucking men like you built the hydrogen bomb. Men like you. Cut it up. I think you're so creative. You don't know what it's like to really create something, to create a life. To feel it growing inside you. All you know how to create is death and destruction. Mom! Very solid pick. I'm just uh, I'm just going to agree with you and keep it on keep keep with that. 
Which oh, would you also say like Sarah Connor Terminator? Dark Fate as well. No, so so I because okay. I haven't seen Dark Fate, but it's also because like I just don't consider it as part. Like to me, it's Terminator and Terminator Two, and yeah. the series is over. That's it. Um, and so I think Linda Hamilton is fucking amazing for several is. reasons. So um, one is that she's basically roughly playing my mom's age in the first one, um, pretty close. She's young twenties in the early to mid eighties. Um, so she's like a and she's a young on the younger side of the boomer generation. Almost a Gen Xer, and that is my mom in a nutshell. They even there are some some similarities. Like my mom had that kind of big poofy hair in the eighties, yep. but also so anyway. So so getting away from the casting decision and talking about actual Sarah Connor. So first of all, I I understand obviously there's the Jesus allegory, which I don't think is that prevalent, but it's there. But so consider like outside of like films about Jesus, I don't know that there's a lot of film mothers who get stuck in a situation where they're their actions become critical even before they're pregnant. You know, she is essentially informed before she has even thought about the possibility of having a child, how important it is that she be a mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's a, that's a fucking pretty big and hefty weight to deal with, which she deals with through the first movie kind of in an understated way. And then in a much more out in the open way in the second one, where um, she has to deal with the fact that her son has a lot of like misplaced resentment for her not understanding why she did a lot of the things that she did. And so I've always really loved that she's able to kind of power through throughout particularly the second film, um, still having those maternal instincts kick in, even though she has a son who really resents her. Uh, She does such a great job throughout that film. Linda Hamilton's amazing. It's hard to love your mother when she's locked up in an asylum. Right, right. Because some crazy shit, crazy, crazy to them, crazy shit to them. But so, yeah, so like the, the, there's all that resentment to deal with, but in reality, this woman is completely sane, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, she may be a little unhinged in terms of like, she's dealing with the the reality she's had to deal with and the truth that she's had to deal with. Carrying the weight of the end of the world. Right. For, for, you know, almost, you know, more than a decade at that point, essentially. Yeah. I think maybe a decade. I think it was ish. I think the movie I, takes place in ninety four, right? Even though it came out in ninety one or ninety two, yeah, like yeah. So, um, which by the way, the special effects still look pretty fucking. They're good not bad. They for, all hold up pretty. Yeah, well. for nineteen ninety one, they all looked, the practical stuff they did. Oh, yeah, man. well, the first one is it's a lot of stop motion stuff, and yeah. it doesn't. It's okay. Like you know, if you think about the difference, between, you don't like, think about it when you think, watch it. Think about the difference between like the ATAT walkers and the um and the actual uh, when Schwarzenegger is no longer the Terminator when it's the actual. That's not as good as it as Empire Strikes Back, right? So my, and my point is, they're both using stop motion. It's they the both budget. came out within three years of each other. Yeah, for your eighty four versus eighty, a- yeah. and and the ATAT is using stop motion look way better. Sure, but they had a lot more money to work. They did. With. They did. To be fair. Anyway, so my point though is just, um, yeah, Sarah Connor, uh, and I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm not, I don't care about the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Like I, I don't give a shit. I'm talking about Terminator One and Terminator Two. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Early. Yeah. 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 She's fucking great in that role, yeah. and I think uh, I wouldn't call it like a mother son movie, yeah. but I do think there are elements of that. Like in fact, in fairness, it's really more of a father son movie in a way because of Arnold's the ter- the T one thousands relationship yeah. with. Edward Furlong's John Connor. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I always kind of liked the way, even in like Rise of the Machines, which is not great, but no. it's not as bad, I think, as people remember it. Yeah. Um, I like Nick Stahl in some aspects. I like that he has sort of 
abandonment issues. Well, no, but he's, he's also very much learned from his mother. Yeah. I think like he's like basically following that. in her footsteps. Yeah. And I think there's an element of like Sarah Connor that hovers over that whole movie. Yeah. And it almost like I would, I didn't do the research on that one. I wonder why Linda Hamilton, if she wasn't asked to be in it she or didn't wanna, she was like living off of her divorce settlement from James Cameron. Dude. She was She's, just done. Fuck yeah. yeah. She, little things here and there. Yeah. I didn't, she didn't do anything from Dante's peak until God knows when yeah. Not that I'm aware of. But she, uh, but no, in Dark Fate, she still has those instincts when she, you know, is working with Mackenzie Davis's whatever she is, that hybrid. Yeah, and, yeah. And the, the the girl that is going to be the new John Connor, you know. Which, like, that stupid, that's a very dumb But she, her twist. instincts kick in. And right. And she's there to mentor her, which right. is cool. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think Sarah Connor is probably my favorite, just, like, in general, yeah. parental unit in a movie, even if she's not always the best mother. Because, again, she does get herself locked up and away from her son, but on the other hand, like everything she does, like ultimately her driving motivation is what am like everything I'm doing is for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's not like she's not altruistic in like in thinking that like, oh, yeah, this is for the betterment of the human race. Yeah. No, everything she does is for John Connor because he's her son, mm-hmm. not because I mean, yeah, it is for the betterment of the human race. Right. But, she that, has but to that be is that. yeah, that is a that is like a side effect. Yes. You know, right. so that's not what's driving her. And I like that. I think that's much more human, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be the point of those films, mm-hmm. you know, like and in films in general, like mm-hmm. the humanity behind these characters. She's not like, oh, I'm going to go save the world. She's, no, I'm going to go save John Connor and like by by by, you know, uh, extension he'll maybe save the world like yeah. but she can't even know that anyway that can't be a guarantee right ultimately she just needs to be a good mother and sure. and be there for her son which she breaks out of a fucking mental asylum i mean with the help of uh of, well they were gonna do it without the t-1000 chasing them so. right like she was like she was doing it yeah so she was, she was pretty much there yeah never mind anyways I'll give her the credit. yeah so okay cool. um that's it. That's my that's my uh, cool. my favorite. So, um, well, what, what uh, you got any recommendations? Yeah, uh, go see 101 Dalmatians, the 1961 version, <laughs> and then watch Taken right after. Yeah, that. exactly. And tell me they're not. <laughs> tell me Taken wasn't just like, well, we're gonna do we're gonna do a much shittier and smaller scale version of just, 101 Dalmatians, or watch Taken and think of it as 101 <laughs> yeah, Dalmatians, exactly, or the other way around. Right. So that yeah, would, go go watch work. 101 Dalmatians. Oh it's, my uh, god, it's really, I, it's just like a masterpiece. Yep. I fucking love. 101 Dalmatians. Um, you know, I was, uh, I would think, I would say go see Nowhere Boy. It's, I think it's sitting around on Netflix somewhere. Nowhere Boy is, is really, really good. If you like the Beatles, then it's essential viewing. They, they don't mention the Beatles once in it, but it shows the whole meeting of John Lennon meeting, uh, meeting Paul McCartney and George, George Harrison. And it's like, George Harrison's much younger than them. They're sitting on a bus and he's like, mm-hmm. And it's just it's just great. He's telling him he's like because George Harrison was like fourteen and yeah. they're all like sixteen, seventeen. And it's like, what's he doing? He should be in bed. He's like, I tried. I can't sleep. And it's it's great. So great movie. Yeah. Uh, forgive me, Quentin, for I have sinned. I have never seen The Descendants. Boy, dude, you need to watch that. Yeah, I know. That's a great, great movie. Uh, written by written and directed by Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne co-wrote it with um Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who Jim Rash and they I think they created uh Community or they helped. Have yeah, a, they had a part in writing. Community. Yeah, isn't Jim Rash also in Community? Yeah, he's the principal. Yeah, uh, the yeah, the, the the dean. The dean. Yes, he's that's great. Not Moby from How I Met Your Nat Mother. Nat Faxon also. has been around. In Jim a Rash is, by the way, hilarious. He's great. Yeah. yeah, I forgot he had a cameo in um in in what was it Captain America: Civil War? He's like the dean of that school. Yeah, he actually he has a couple of um of really. I'm gonna yeah. look this up really quickly. It's because of you... his working relationship with the Russos. That's what it is because they directed some episodes of Community. But um, no, so yeah, 
yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Nat Faxon is uh, is around in a bunch of stuff. He has that face. You'd see him be like, oh, him. Um, forgive me, Quentin, for I have sinned. And this is a big one because I didn't say anything about it uh, when you mentioned it. I've actually never seen Dead Poets Society. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's on my list. Peter got Weir. It. you got to see Peter Weir. I like Peter Weir. He's a good director. Yeah, I mean, I'll he's, watch it. Ma- he's magical. I mean, you, you spoiled part of it for me, but I'm not going to complain. I mean, it, listen, it's, uh, it's I know how 2021, and that movie came out in 1989. Yeah, I don't. It's fair. So... <laughs> I'm sorry that I spoiled a 32-year-old film. I'll watch it. It's Jesus. really, it's very good. Jesus. It's right. very, very good. I'm actually, I'm having a, a hard time remembering. I, I saw Jim Rash in something very recently, and nah. I thought he was hilarious, as as he always is. Um, He's great. This is going to bug the shit out of me that I can't think of this. You know what? This I'm going to leave ends. this episode on a cliffhanger. So thank you guys for listening. This is the movie spiel. My name is Ryan. I'm Alex. We will catch you next time. We have a mini-sode coming up out west by god virginia so we'll talk to you guys then bye-bye